The whole nature of virtue consists in conforming to, and the whole nature of vice in declining from, the will of God. All God's creatures are created to fulfill His will. The sun and moon obey His will by the necessity of their nature. Angels conform to His will by the perfection of their nature. If, therefore, you would show yourself not to be a rebel and apostate from the order of the creation, you must act like beings both above and below you. It must be the great desire of your soul that God's will may be done by you on earth as it is done in heaven. It must be the settled purpose and intention of your heart to will nothing, design nothing, do nothing, but so far as you have reason to believe that it is the will of God that you should so desire, design, and do. You are therefore to consider yourself as a being that has no other business in the world, but to be that which God requires you to be. To have no tempers, no rules of your own, to seek no self-designs or self-ends, but to fill some place and act some part in strict conformity and thankful resignation to the divine pleasure. Now, I open with that quotation without commentary or even telling you where it comes from. I wonder how far you got into that before you realized it probably isn't actually me who wrote or said that. It's actually almost 300 years old. An Englishman, a theologian named William Law from a fascinating book. It's a dense book and it has a little bit of that old time religion sound to it. But ever since I read that particular quotation, I haven't been able to stop thinking about it. Because if there is this glorious thing called the will of God, you can almost imagine it like a, a cord vibrating through earth and the universe, then isn't it true that bringing our whole attention to it, to listening, to learning, to being all about that part, that place that we are to, to play, wouldn't that be everything that our life should be? I was reading yesterday in a different theologian, and he was making the delineation between Jesus's sinlessness, which he pointed out is, is a negative expression. It's a lack of doing something. And the delineation was between this idea of sinlessness and the true reality. The fact that Jesus's whole life was a positive attainment to the lively, alive will of God. It's kind of like how we define eternity as timelessness which of course has time as a component of its definition, when in truth, eternity is outside of time. It's independent of time. So just as eternity is the always now, outside of anything related to time, well, then Jesus's life and his way are the always in the will of the Father, which is totally unrelated to sin or even to his own will. A couple weeks ago, I was sitting on the front doorstep with a dear friend, kind of one of my favorite talking companions, and we were talking about what I describe as sort of the, the granularity, the situational quality of life. Like, here's what I mean by that. I woke up today and I made a choice. Perhaps this is how you make a choice each day. I did a little exercise, great, and then I turned around and spent some time in prayer. And then I read a little bit. And so that was my situation, was to be awake, 
was to make a choice to kind of move a little bit, but then also to talk to this wonderful Jesus, the Father, the Holy Spirit, and to read and to ponder. That was my situation, and I tried to wed it to the Godhead, to connect with him, to be about his will. Well, then it was the kids were up and making breakfast and getting them ready, and Jenny's making lunches, and we're getting them dressed and getting out the door, and I drove them over to school, and I dropped them. That was my situation. Being with my boys on the way to Broadmoor Elementary, Came home, Jenny and I had to catch up on a couple things, Hadley was into virtual learning, then I had to answer some emails, send some emails, a phone call, and now I'm recording this. It's kind of the mid-morning of this day. I'm bringing this situation, sitting here with this microphone, into conformity with him so that perhaps it'll bless you. Well, then I have some errands to run, and I have some things I need to do, some other people I need to talk to, some business things I need to look at. Uh, Later today, I'll pick up the boys probably, or maybe Jenny will, but those will be our situations. Then I'll take Hadley to tennis lessons. That'll be my situation. Then I'll be with my family this evening. That will be my situation. Friends, my point. All of life proceeds to us as the situation we're currently in. That's how eternity touches the present. We're always right where we are. So in that moment, in the business meeting you're about to walk into, in the car ride, perhaps while you're listening to this podcast, you're in a situation which, in my estimation, can be brought to the feet of Jesus. You can say, Jesus, in this meeting, in this coffee I'm having with this person, in this time of solitude I'm currently having, I want to follow you. I want to be about your will. I want to be playing the part in that place that you have for me. Later on in that same work by William Law, he says something else that also haunts me, and I'm going to read it to you here. He says, And if you will here stop and ask yourselves, Why you are not as pious as the primitive Christians were, your own heart will tell you that it is neither through ignorance nor inability, but purely because you never thoroughly intended it. If you know me, you know I love that kind of straight talk. I love the reality that we can stop and say, you know what? I don't know that we want it as much as the first generation did. Because friends, we can actually change that behavior. So let's get theological for a moment here, and then I'll let you go. You and I do believe that we are set free by faith alone, that it is the work of Jesus on the cross that has set us free. It's his resurrection that brings us into the new life. You cannot affect yourself, your own salvation. But I firmly believe, and you've heard me say this before, you can absolutely affect your discipleship. You can get up in the morning and absolutely follow Jesus or absolutely not. And to me, that's the thrill of the thing. That just like Peter, James, John, Andrew, Nathaniel, all of the 12, you can actually start each day looking for his will actively, being about, Jesus, what are you doing right this second and how could I be part of it? How could I bring this situation, this granular part of my little life into conformity with your overall glorious universal will? Friends, if each of us do that today, situation by situation, we will actually have followed him when we fall asleep tonight. And those parts of our lives where we made a mistake, we confess it. We say, I'm sorry, that wasn't your highest, your best. And then we can wake up tomorrow and we can do it again. And in that way, we become finer disciples of his, not earning our way, but delighting to be close to the way. Doesn't that sound like an absolutely glorious adventure? 
it is. And it's yours. And you can begin it right now. Thanks for listening.